Thank you for downloading this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. Number 200. Can you believe it? I've done 200 episodes of this podcast, uh, and it has been fun every episode along the way. And uh, I can't thank you all enough. This is this is something I do, obviously, for me, but I tell you guys, it's it's for you guys, too. Like, the you guys listen, you guys download, you share, subscribe. Thank you for all that. 200 episodes. It's uh, it's exciting, and, and it makes me excited for more, you know, because people still want to come on here, and I get it. I'm getting in a pretty bad habit of saying, "Hey, you want to come on a podcast?" And people are like, "Yeah, just let me know when," and then I never speak to them again. So I have to get better at writing stuff down. But this one, 200th episode. Uh, this is with a good friend of mine named George. We've been friends for since high school, uh, and I couldn't think of a better person to have for 200. He, uh, he has some great stories, great hobbies that we talked about. Um, and, you know, he's been, he's listened to probably every single one of these for the most part. And uh, so I'm excited for you guys to listen to, to this episode. But again, thank you so much for following along this podcast, being a part of it. If, if you've been a part for two episodes or all 200, it's, uh, I, I love you being there in, in any little part that you play. Please keep liking, sharing, reviewing, subscribing this thing. Uh, check out the YouTube page. Get subscribers to there. If you haven't subscribed, just hit that button. Uh, it really doesn't do anything for you, and it helps the show out to gain more listeners. So, um, again, thank you all listeners. Thank you all watchers, viewers of the podcast. Uh, 200 uh, is a big milestone, but uh, we're going to keep going here. So, uh, I appreciate you all. Uh, here's the new episode, episode 200. Hi, I'm George Smith, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. That was wonderful, George Smith. George, thanks for uh, for coming on the podcast today. Man, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love your work, man. <laughs> uh, hard-hitting question. When did you become such an avid listener of three different dads? I think right off the jump, man. I really yeah. like it. Yeah, I like it right off the jump. I haven't missed an episode. That's good. I, I thank you. And that's why we thank you every episode, too. So yeah. It is hard to believe the one time that you guys had me pop on, I was asking for like advice on the hospital, the delivery yeah. about to be that. And now Jane is like 15 months old. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, and like I always ask every guest and you're well aware. Um, first question out the gate. What is uh, what is something you're you're you know, what have you been nerding out about? Something you're super into hobby, something that you just started, something you've done for a while, whatever gets you away from the daily grind of of work, man. Yeah. So I think if you asked my friends out here what that is for me, they would be like, pick a thing. Cause like, I, I mean, in the past couple of years, I'll just get into something. And then like three months later, I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not interested in that anymore. Yeah. Got from like praying mantids to, you know, metal detecting and stuff. But wait, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. Time out. Yeah. What did okay. yeah. you say about praying mantis? So I read something online or like my sister sent me some science journal about how the praying mantis is the only invertebrate we know of that can see in 3D. 
Oh. And it's the only animal in the whole kingdom that has one ear and it's in the middle of its thorax. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. And so I started getting like more and more into mantids and I eventually started like hatching them and raising them and stuff. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh and like this this why this one named Madre for like Mother Teresa because of praying mantis. Yeah, yeah. And, uh I raised that one all the way through seven molts and then I eventually like let it go because I felt it was kind of, <laughs> it was becoming self-aware. It was like I would come <laughs> I would come in to the apartment, it would like tap on its cage until I took the top off, and then it would come from the top of its cage, jump onto my hand, and then just like hang on on my hand for so, wow yeah that's you know, wild made, yeah it made me tons of friends everyone likes the bug guy um, <laughs> your sister but, loved it probably she actually yeah she did she's a parasitologist um yeah. yeah studies wasps and stuff but uh to the gardening note i guess or to the mantis note my uh, hobby has become your profession and it's just I, I finally have a house here in san diego and you know how zones have numbers of what grows there yeah we're in zone 10 which is just like whatever you want yep. you know so i mean i've got a banana tree i've got all like uh, scorpion and ghost peppers passion fruit and so uh landscaping and growing stuff has become the new fo- the newest focus and my daughter <laughs> well that that's you know so so, yeah. so the question yes and and some people answer the question like that they, oh my kids are they're old yeah. now they're older now so i take them here or there they're my hobby and you know i i I never say it because I think that's just what they believe at the time. But like Andrea uses that too. Like my kids are my hobbies. Like, no, your kids are your kids. Like you're a yeah. dad, you know, that's, that's yes. That's your job. That's your hobby. That's your passion. That's your, that's like, that's like uh, a no brainer to me. Like that's part yeah. of it. So what yeah. what's outside of that, you know? So, so, you know, I, while I'm sure she appreciates being acknowledged uh, on this fantastic podcast, like she listens that, to them all too, Jane. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> But so gardening, is this, do you think this, uh, this, this, this new gardening thing is because like, A, it is because you have a house, but were you like thinking about it? Like, man, I can't wait to have a house so I can have all these things and do all these things. Or was it after you bought the house? To be honest, it was like, it started as more like an aesthetic interest. You know, I, th- I thought it would be cool if you go, cause we got this backyard that's pretty private and stuff mm-hmm. here in San Diego. It's got some nice views. And like, so to also have like a garden kind of surrounding the whole outside, I thought would just like look pretty, but then as stuff actually started to come in and watching, you know, watching things bloom and watching the fruit show up and stuff. I, I was like, okay, now I just like that part. I mean, I died like doubled down on cucumbers this summer and I jarred like 50 jars of pickles. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just like a, a lonely old lady uh i've got the hobbies of an old lonely old lady but oh man i i have all the jerk canyon stuff in my garage i I used it one year and now it's just there yeah yeah i dig it but what's your newest thing you're always picking up something new um i think my newest thing isn't a thing i did for a while and now it's not uh or not a thing i did for a while and then i stopped and now i'm doing it again it's comedy man like i'm really i'm really like like excited about it and now and i i think i have bet like expectations on it now as far as i've never had the expectations like oh i'm gonna get a netflix special next week but like even now like i'm not gonna go to open mics um because it's just it's just not feasible right now for my job and you know for time and that kind of stuff but i am gonna do these shows with jake uh levi and lilac we got a show coming up on uh, november 22nd uh, it's a comedy show i'm doing 15 minutes i haven't done 15 minutes in six years <laughs> So you got, you got, you've got, yeah. So that's kind of a new thing. And what I've been doing, and I told a couple of my friends at work, this, 
I go, guys, like they're talking about the show and they want to come to the show. And, and I was like, I can't hit open mics. So I use you guys all the time and you don't know it. Cause like I have a story in my head. I'm like, all right, I got to get the story out. So I'm going to tell I, we're on a car ride somewhere. I'm going to tell them right now and, and throw my jokes in there and do everything. I go, you guys don't, I'm just telling you guys a story. That's what it sounds like. But for me, it's, it's an open mic, uh, yeah. but it's one person and I'm getting information from them. See how, how it is, you know, so if no one laughs. You just pull out a notepad and you start scratching shit off. <laughs> Damn it. But it's been wild to watch that evolution, man, like of your standup. Because I mean, and first, I mean, when you and I started, I know yeah. I started doing it a little before you did, but like it was so much more under not underground. That sounds too too uh it just wasn't fashionable. Yeah, it was it, like if you ran into someone now that's like I do stand up, people, oh yeah, yeah. Shoot. I mean, there's tons yeah. of opportunities to get on the mic in San Diego now. But uh back then I felt like you were the only other friend that I had or the only person like I really knew in my network that also liked to do stand-up. So yeah. But um yeah, man, your evolution, when I listen to your sets now, I mean you it's just it's tight. It's it's I'm I'm really stoked to hear 15 minutes. You think you're gonna just take like kind of the greatest hits of the last couple of years and compile it, or are you gonna do new stuff? So what's crazy is um what's crazy to me is that I um that this the five minutes I did that I sent you from the other show about uh my my siblings and my the secret baby and that kind of stuff. That's the first time I that's the first time I did that in front of people. Like and even the other comics there that were friends of mine, you're like, wait, you 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 haven't told that? I go, well, I've told it to people. I told it on a podcast, like, but not in front of people. And to, like it excited me because I'm like, yeah, I'm. I mean, that's totally not what to do. You're, you shouldn't go with new material to a show that's paid to like do these things, you know? And and that's I think that's what's going to happen with this next one is I'll probably still do that one again, except add more stuff, a little more things to it. Uh, maybe like another, just like a minute's worth of stuff. Um, but I have other stories that I have been working on, talking to people and writing down um, that I'm going to do also with the hope of... <laughs> I hope it goes well. We'll see what happens. But, I, I, but it's exciting. It's exciting. I learned that lesson one time when I, when I, my first year in California, I entered this, it was the longest running comedy competition at Cal in California at the time at a place called the ice house in Pasadena. I'm sure you probably seen like the ice house. And um, it was like a, I don't know, maybe a hundred comics. And uh, I won and they let me open up for some mad TV guys in the main room. And I'm like, this, this is the, the venue, this is the time to try out some new stuff. I don't know what. I would never. Yeah. And and there was like, so it was like two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday night. And uh, the first show Friday night, I just absolutely bombed. Nothing worked. <laughs> Not like, it did, I was like, why did I wait until like right now when yeah. I'm with actual comedians in a pack house to try like some new stuff out and none of it landed. And like, that is, I don't know if anyone else like listening does stand up. There's, there's a very unique feeling to be like, telling like putting yourself out there trying to tell jokes to a room full of people and getting nothing back yeah you just be like yeah. the lights get hot all of a sudden you just want to be like you just want to walk off the stage but yeah man that's it's an it's an awful feeling that happened one time where i gotta write every every word i say and i did it one time i'm like ah, i'll figure it out on stage and i did not and i did it was a five minute open mic i did like three minutes and i was like all right see ya bye I'm the yeah. same way. And that, yeah. that was the only thing that would let me like sway in and out. If I wanted to do crowd work or someone drops something or, you know, something happens in the room, like the only way that I felt comfortable swaying out and playing that is knowing exactly what I was going back to, like yeah. knowing my, my, um, some people can do it just, you know, 
and flow like like Dave Chappelle can just go up there and be like, I'm just going to talk about whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, man, that would be disastrous. He, he also has the benefit of being Dave Chappelle and people are just like, if it's half funny, they'll think it's really funny because it's Dave Chappelle, sure. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of hang my hat on being like uh, a like really a real good storyteller, regardless if I'm telling it on stage or if I'm just talking to somebody. Uh, I think it's because I talk so much like at work on these podcasts, like I'm just always talking. So I develop skills. Maybe I don't even know, like develop just conversation skills and storytelling skills where it helps me like do these stories for the first time in front of people where they paid to, to see something. And, um, and I think w- what I talk about is funny. I mean, the, like the, the, the two stories I have that I'm going to, that I haven't done yet. There's something, there's one about an encounter I had with a guy at one of the, at one of the parks that I run and it was a wild conversation. And, um, I learned from, from, I forget someone else, I forget who, another comedian where like they, they write down their story and then like they, and on their page, they leave blank spaces after each sentence and then see if they can fit a joke in those sentences. And sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Yeah. Um, and then another story is just these from coaching softball. I was sitting on the bench while we were out in the field and there was two girls still on our bench, eight year old girls. And one of them says the most wild thing I never would ever imagine a little girl saying. And like, just the story itself is like, I'm excited to say that part because the true thing of it is hilarious. Like I know the actual- this story. I know what, I know what it is. I, 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 where would I have heard you tell it? Did you tell it on three different dads? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, that's what it yeah. was. I, I can't yeah. remember the exact details, but I remember you misconstrued or she used a term wrong that you were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I'm excited yeah. for that because the actual true thing is hilarious. Yeah. And I just add little bits to it. And maybe that's only a two and a half minute story. But it's a, another thing. But I am going to do some of my other old stuff. I've been going through uh, like old videos and, and things like that. So so <coughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for that, too, to kind of like go over some of the stuff that I really enjoyed doing when, when I when I did do it. So you got to highlight the Mateo stories. Those are always my favorite. <laughs> the, the magic show, the meatball sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> those are the best. It's, it's so funny to me now because when I told that story, he was like three. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's 12. <laughs> and, he, and he looks like he's 33. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but. we're 15 minutes in this episode. And I forgot to even mention that this is my 200th episode. And uh, I wanted to have you on because you've been listening for a while. You're one of my really good friends. And I already decided, and I'm telling you right now on the podcast, that uh, you're going to come on for every 100th episode. So that's just going to um, be, that's just going to be the running thing now. So, that, well, so first off this morning when I was talking to my wife about it, I'm like, I think it's just 200. And then I'm like, no, never, nah, I'm, that's ridiculous. And then I was like, no, really? I think it really is. It's 200th episode. But yeah. I told you this a million times, man. It's a testament to your, you don't do anything halfway. Like, you know, you, you when you, when you do something, you do it well, you do it hundred percent, you stick with it. Even if like there's adversity or obstacle, or you, you're busy with other stuff. And um, yeah, I really respect it, man. It's yeah. Thank you. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's exciting. And again, I thank you for coming on for the 200th because I did text you specifically saying, Hey, come, <laughs> come out here. And at the time I was like at like 187 or something like that. And I'm like, all right, well, we got time. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm at 196 now. So uh, I was like, man, yeah. we got to get, we got to get this thing recorded so we can, so we don't miss it. <laughs> I'm honored. Man. Sincerely, I'm honored to, uh, to be a part of it. So. Uh, another question I had for you, um, when when did we become really good friends? Because I was thinking about it at your wedding. Mm-hmm. Because in high school, we were friends, we hung out, but our, we had two separate friend groups. 
yeah. every once in a while, those friend groups would, would mingle uh, more or times than not, you know, we we're all really good friends, but they were their own two friend groups. Yeah. So, so we hung out a little bit in high school. Obviously we had some classes together, but I don't remember when it like solidified to what it is now. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's just like, Hey, we, yeah, we've been friends for forever. There's no, there's no sense in like saying here's when it happened. But I just, you know, I was just curious if there was something in your mind, like, like when, when yeah. just like, so I, I remember the first time I was aware of who you were, I, I went for a year to an all boys Catholic school, which, um, yeah, it was probably about as good an idea as trying new material at your first real show in Los Angeles. Um, but I went, so I was over at our buddy Ryan's house and he had a picture of the football team and I'm going through and I'm like, Oh, I know all these guys. And I was like, who the hell is that? Like, who's this giant, you know, Brown man. And, uh, then you were in my, sophomore year math class and, and yeah. we got along right off the rip but by junior year i remember before math class i would stop at your locker and we and that's the the neither did me incident yes yes so, so I mean, <laughs> we, were, we were good enough friends that like on the way to that class i would always stop and talk to you and then we'd go we'd go yeah. up together so i would say junior year we, we were we were we were getting there yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> neither did me that yeah. <laughs> that is so funny to me because that's over 20 years old now where i uh <coughs> sorry i've I'm, been I'm kids will get you sick man i um i asked you if you did your homework and you said no and then i said neither did me and that is like yeah. <laughs> stuck yeah you went caveman out of nowhere and it's like you've always been a well-spoken guy so it, was, it caught us both so off guard that I was just like, <laughs> oh, you just forgot the context of basic english uh for a second but that was yeah. it was so good yeah it was but yeah so i'd say yeah. junior year and i think like once once ryan Deering developed the friendship with Kurt Wells. I think that's kind of was like yeah, what what, what blended the friend groups together. But. Yeah, that was uh yeah, because because it was it was um at, yeah as we got in more into high school, I do remember hanging out more as a more of a bigger group. And even then, it was maybe a couple from this one and a couple from this one, but it was more more it happened more. Yeah, I, I always I, I always think it's funny, and I I'm interested in seeing as Mateo gets older, like. Like when you're in high school or even in junior high, you're just you're friends with your friends and you're having fun and you're doing this. Like today, I dropped him off uh, down the street. He was I when I came home, I saw five of his friends, five or six of his friends hanging out um, at this church, just in in a parking lot, like a bunch of ragamuffins. They're just in there hanging out. So I was like, "Hey, Mateo, some of your friends are down at the church. If you want to drop you off," he's like, "Yeah." So I drove down there and I said goodbye, and and they started playing football or whatever. And I and that's when I started thinking like like are they gonna be friends like forever like into high school or even us like we're almost 40 and we're still friends and like like i just started thinking like when you're in high you're just you're just in the moment man and yeah. as you get older that's i guess that's what happens you reflect as you get older but there's some of those things i i try to think like did we even think about future at all well you know <laughs> my my mom jokes that she's like you could if George met a homeless guy in a gas station parking lot and a year later, you're like, I wonder what that guy's up to. George will be like, no, oh, he just actually got a job at the, like, like, and I think you and I have that in common that like yes. we actively keep up with people. And um, you're one of the people that, you know, I've been, it's weird because I lived in New Jersey until I was like 11. Then I moved to Ohio and now, now actually I've lived in California longer than I've lived in any state. And, and, oh. and um, Ohio seemed like it was like, you know, the place I've been the longest for so, and I was like, man, no, actually I've been here longer than, than anything. And obviously as time passes, you know, 
both you and your friends both have to make an effort. And I think that's what you and I have in common. We keep in touch. We like reach out, we check in on people. And if that's not reciprocated, eventually you kind of cut ties with people. You're like, if I'm always reaching out to check in on this person, eventually yeah. you're like, all right, well, whatever. Um, because, you know, my buddy who happens to live down the road from Perrysburg, Alex Dausch. And by the way, you said Teresa Weber listens to this podcast sometimes, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. If she listens to this, we were just talking about Teresa Weber, Alex Dausch and I, you're awesome. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but Alex, you know, Dausch is like, well, you know, you're the only one I talked to from high school. People grow apart. And I was like, oh no, man, I talked to tons of people, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like tons. So, um, I think like the, the likelihood that Mateo will, will maintain that friendship is, is based on like the effort that they put in, you know, otherwise yeah. it's not organic, you know? It, yeah. It I, yeah. I have most of most, if not all of my friends are from high school and, you know, I I've made other friends along the way, which is always a weirder thing as an adult. And most of the time, and you'll find out as, as your daughter gets older, you, you become friends with your, with your kids, friends, parents, because they hang out a lot, you know, it's it just, you become friends by proximity, which yeah. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it works out really good. Sometimes it doesn't at all. And you, you just drop your kid off at their house and say goodbye, you know, but it's, it's, um, being friends and, and I think there's more people like, like Alex, I feel like where, where he does, does say that there's more people that feel that way than that are like us that have friendships from high school. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's, you're right. I, I think what helps too is having a few people that are in the friend group that are willing to, to not only reach out to each other like we do, but also talk about these other guys that are our friends too, because it still keeps them in the loop or keeps them keeps them up to date with what's happening. So whenever you do talk to Jimmy or Tyler or whoever, you're aware of things that are happening in their lives where it's not like a brand new conversation that you have to stop. Yeah. I can agree. I mean, not only do you facilitate the guy's trip, but even, yeah, individual friendships. Like, I don't know if I would have talked to Tyler Zollers again, if it would yeah. have been, but now I'm like, oh, cool, man. I like this guy. Like, it's, it's like, it took you to like, remind me that I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's <laughs> cool. It's nice to like, to, to know who this guy is. So um, yeah, I can agree with that. And to, to your point about Mateo's friends, parents, have you ever actively pushed either of the kids to stop hanging out with another kid strictly because you didn't like their parents? uh no that that hasn't happened and because a lot of times it's very seasonal so if Mateo's friends with someone that's on the baseball team they're hanging out during baseball season uh if it's football season they're hanging out during football season and so um there is never really a time where we're all together um and and it probably happens more when we actually do like each other so then we'll make a point like hey i'm gonna drop Mateo off you want to hang out for a little bit or whatever you know yeah. Right. Um, a, a really easy one is, an, you know, a neighbor. I have a neighbor two houses down. His daughter, his son's a freshman and his daughter's in the same grade as Mateo. So uh, and they live two houses down. So we hang out quite a bit. Like if my kids are over there swimming and I'm going to pick them up at nine o'clock, we won't come home till 11 because now I'm sitting there drinking right. some beers, hanging out with them, whatever, you know. And so that's that's an organic thing too, but you, you still also have to like each other just because you live two houses down. Doesn't mean you, you're going to hit it off, you know? Sure. Yeah. But it, becoming friends with, uh, as an, as an adult with other adults, there's so much more baggage and 
um, things you know about adults. Where as a kid, you you're like, hey, are you cool? I'm cool. We like Fortnite. We're friends now. Like that doesn't happen as adults. <laughs> There's a lot more things you have to have in common. So when's the last time that you made a new friend that was not, you know, not not brought into your life either by work, you know, a partner of Andrea's friend yeah. or by the kids? Like, have you have you had that within the past? Any any. The, the one that comes to mind is is was brought in through Tyler um, that he worked with Tyler and he lives down the street. He bought my old truck. We, ha- we hung out, uh, me, Tyler, and him hung out uh, a few weekends ago watching football. We say hi. I mean, we don't always hang out, but it's it's we're friendly with each other. I don't know if that qualifies. Um, I don't know. It's That's hard because it is – I guess that's how you make friends anyway. Like, But I, I did one time, and, I, and <laughs> this, this is so funny. One time – uh, this was this was years ago. Um, I took the kids to Chick-fil-A. It was me, just me and the kids. I don't know where Andrea was at or she was out of town for work or something. Took the kids to Chick-fil-A. They were playing in the play place. And there was another dad there with his kids, without his his uh, partner. And uh, we just started talking, whatever. And, and our kids were playing. So we were sitting, staring at each other from a, across two tables. And uh, one thing led to another. And they ended up coming to our... <laughs> coming to our... Um, memorial day party that we used to have every year he they came brought his whole family uh he even lent me this giant blow-up house thing that they had so the kids could play around in it at this party and it was just from meeting this guy at chick-fil-a and every once in a while i see him still and he's a football official so i see him at least during once during football season so but the, yeah it's just from hanging out at at chick-fil-a it's not easy like no. I, I was in a master's program and i sat next to this dude named rob and we got along immediately. Like we liked each other. We respected the way that each each other thought about education and like educational leadership and everything. And, and then we just like, you know, both were making each other laugh. But when I was wanting him to ask him to hang out, it was like asking a girl to dance in middle school. Like I was just like trying to be like, I don't know, man, yeah. if you'd want, like before class, get a beard, you know, make class less stupid. You know, just trying to like, <laughs> yeah. ways to like, you know, just be like, hey man, I like you. Would you want to hang out outside of here? It's like, it's not a, it's not an easy thing to to make happen if it doesn't just kind of like fall into your lap or like you said, like, oh, well, the kids have to hang out anyway. We might as well have a beer. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's harder and harder as time goes on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it is fun. And you brought up the guys trip and I'm, I'm now that we were just in San Diego for your wedding. I am looking forward to to that now. Cause that, that's going to be, be insane. Man. Yeah. Yeah. To, to look at the, uh, the, the price that we should have paid for that house versus <laughs> what we got to be, uh, gonna be awesome and, yeah. and it's a good crew i feel like it's a group of guys that are like gonna be appreciative of of what what took you know what we got so yeah yeah uh so when we we're in san diego for your wedding uh first of all uh i did i don't know if i told you but i did take you up on the offer of walking to the airport to pick up andrea yeah um which was fine like i enjoyed the walk um there was a lot of construction at the airport so i was nervous Cause I had, I was on the side I needed to be on, but I had to cross the other street, the other side of the road because of construction. And then I got to where I needed to get into the airport and that where road was under construction. And I said, the sidewalk was closed and I looked at my phone and I was like, all right, well, if I don't go down this road that I'm not supposed to go down, then I got to go all the way around. And I don't know if I'll be there in time. 
So I was like, all right, I'm just walking. Down. I guess I'm walking down. No sidewalk, no nothing. There's construction walls everywhere. And I'm like, I, this is what I got to do. So I, yeah. I, I weave my way through there and made it, but it was, it was fun. It was a cool walk. I just had my, my headphones in and listened to podcasts and it was nice weather. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you said something like you should go walk. Cause, cause it was fun. I did like it. Yeah. Yeah. So to those who haven't been here, San Diego is unique in that like most airports are not in the city they're named after. Like if you land in mm-hmm. Denver, you're like, dude, this is not Denver. Like, you know, same thing with Detroit. Yeah. Um, but San Diego is dead set in the middle of the city to the point that pilots have to get like a special kind of license to like land amongst the buildings. And to the point that there's some buildings that if you're on top of them, when a plane lands, you're actually looking down at the top of the plane as it comes in. So like the top of the plane is above the building. Um, I'm sorry, the top of the building is above the plane. It, it was um, crazy. I, even at your venue, like every eight minutes, there's just planes just zooming over. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad you took me up on it. And you, you did such an awesome job, man. Everyone's been talking about uh, your officiating since that time. You, uh, you really crushed it, man. You had everyone laughing. So that was, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun too. And, and that was another walk I did. I, uh, the day before I was, I walked, that's when I texted you that San Diego smelled like pee. And yeah. as I was walking through downtown and uh, I just happened to pass a, uh, like a Rite Aid or something. And I found a bunch of crafts to make, to make those little buttons or whatever I made. Yeah. Um, but that was another fun walk to go down all the way down to those shopping centers and stuff. But yeah, it's cool. I could, uh, I could easily live there. It's just super expensive. And it is. Yeah. And the city itself, it, it's weird that San Diego is like the actual downtown is one of the least desirable places to live in my opinion. And, and that seems to be the general consensus of folks that live here, but it was already kind of that way. Just like, like downtown Toledo, you, you don't sure. like, I don't know what it's like now, but, but I mean, like, it's not the place that you just like walk around at night and you're like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, but then COVID came and, you know, a lot of the resident or the uh, commercial buildings shut down. So no one was moving, you know, the homeless folks along. And we obviously have a big homeless issue because if you were homeless, what's better city mm-hmm. to, to be in, you know, from a climate perspective. Yep. Um, and so by the end of COVID, I mean, it got, it got pretty gnarly. So um, in defense of San Diego, it doesn't all smell like piss, but uh, I, I definitely can 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 uh, empathize that the area you were in certainly must have smelled like this. Yeah. So Andrew made fun of me, too, because I told her because I was there a couple of days before her. I was like, yep, I ate dinner at the hotel and I had breakfast at the hotel. She goes, you didn't go out anywhere else. I go, smells I like this just... out there. Why would I go? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just there and I didn't feel like getting dressed to go eat breakfast yet. So it was yeah. it was cool. Yeah, we, we had a. We had a great time. I'm glad we stayed extra too. Um, but yeah, it was fun. And like I said, I can't wait for us for the boys to go there now. Mateo yeah. said he wanted to go. I was like, it's not that kind of boys trip, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> one day. I mean, soon enough. Your dad was there, uh, the last one for a little <laughs> while. So so yeah, yeah we'll come. But <laughs> yeah, I, I w- I'd like to take one per if anybody's interested in spear fishing. I mean, I'd like to I probably have enough gear to take one other person. Um you know how yeah. I bet would do it? I bet Sparks would do it. I bet you're right. Yeah, yeah. I bet Sparks would do it. Yeah. Yeah. He was one that was pretty amped to go on one of those kayaks too. I yeah. was terrified the entire time, but he kept me straight. So I'm good. Yeah. I didn't fall. So yeah. 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 He, yeah he, I think he would do it. Uh, Irwin would probably do it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of people. Yeah. It, it is nice too to know like there's at least one thing planned. I, it is. I'm excited to go to that baseball game. You know, it's yeah. just, I love baseball. So, and seeing another ballpark and, you know, and everything like that, I think it would be cool. 
Um, See, I think baseball is the pits, but I'm going to come with you guys. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm sure there's other people that feel that way too, but (laughs) I know they're trying to make it better, but I'm just like, dude, come on, move it along. How many times are you going to check first base? How many times are you going to throw that little? They put a rule in that for that now though. Good. 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 You could could only do it twice. And if you do it a third time, I think it's a, I think it's a ball. Like or a ball if, you do it a, if you do it a third time, all the ups go boring, and they point at you. And everyone, boring! <laughs> it's so boring. Stop it. Penalty. <laughs> penalty. Boring penalty. But yeah, but uh, yeah. So that that, that would be <laughs> folks in the water. I, it's been a while since I've been in the water. Um, I don't know how much more spear fishing I'm going to do. Yeah, I you used to do that a lot. Yeah. I did. Yeah, and I and I had <coughs> one run in with sharks, with angry sharks. That kind of like you start to you know you start to think of things different when you have a kid. But lobster season yeah. started in October, so I like to uh, I like to get get back in there and grab lobsters. I've been on t- when I go on TikTok. There's this account I follow where all this guy does is kill lionfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he super just... intrusive off Florida. But the yeah. the thing, so that's the only time where like if you go to like the Reddit spearfishing community, if you're wearing scuba gear and you're killing lionfish, no problem. No one's gonna bother you because um, you're 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 you know, enforcing what needs to be done for the ecosystem and they're super invasive, but there's other people off of Florida, especially that will spear fish in scuba gear. And it's like, that is a no, no. in this Really? Yeah. Cause if you, if you go in scuba gear and I think when a lot of people think of spear fishing, they think of like Tom Hanks standing on that rock and cast away and like, like yeah. you're, but really you're underwater, you wear weights, you dive down the weights to get you to a point of neutral buoyancy where you don't float back to the top of the surface. And then fish are curious, so they bolt. Um, if you don't happen to come lucky enough to just come right down on one as you dive down, but they want to come back and check you out and, and, and see what's up. And so if you have scuba gear, it's there's no sport in it. Like eventually the fish are going to come check you out. And then it's just a matter of like pointing your giant uh, harpoon gun and just shooting them. So uh... the sport is doing it in a breath. Um, so so that's that's that can be the tough thing is sometimes you'll be like, oh, there's this big fish and it's like coming back to check you out. But you're like monitoring your own breath. and You're like, I don't I can't stay. I, got, <laughs> I can't. I got to go up. And so that that's that's the sport. You know, I mean, imagine if you were a hunter and you went in the woods and if you stood still for long enough, a bunch of deer just started running in circles around you to see what you were up to. You know, there's no there's no sport in that. But. Wow. That, that's I, I mean, it makes 100 percent. Or uh, what the fuck was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> i'm losing it it makes but, sense but the, lion, but, the, but the lion that's that's the one thing is when you watch lionfish video if you ever can hear that they're wearing scuba gear no one has a problem with that kill the lionfish yeah. but if you watch any other spearfishing video and they're wearing scuba gear it's like dude, come on I, I i try to think too when i watch that guy and uh i'm like okay he's killing the lionfish but like how much of a dent is he doing like to like because there's got to be a bazillion of them right I think exactly. Yeah. As of this morning. Yeah. The lionfish count. So this morning you got your report. Yeah. Yeah. I got a ticker in my office. There was a, uh, this girl who discovered that lion, there were lionfish in her fresh water, like river or stream. And yeah. And she started doing like her science fair project. She was like a sixth grade or seventh grade girl. Her science fair project was trying to see how, long they could survive in that so she like had all these uh in salt water and then every day she would add like a certain amount of fresh water a certain amount of fresh water and like they just kept living and um and then like she ended her science fair because she's in sixth grade and then now other science ac- actual scientists are like 
mimicking her studies to see like what the, what it's all about. It's like cool, yeah. like this invasive thing now is can be in any water. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bet, man. Yeah, and that's why there's just like no no sensitivity for them. Just take them out. But I mean, all fish are survivors to the point that there's this one area where I've gone out and it's a there's a marine preserve, and if you look at the shoreline, there's a yellow line painted on the shoreline that says like it's basically telling people this is where the marine preserve ends. So any rules associated with the marine preserve are, are, are terminated when you go beyond this, this painted line back on the shore. And as, a, as you swim around the marine preserve, um, like there's this thing called a calico bass that, you know, usually is maybe like, you know, I don't know, 18 inches long on the high end of the, when I, when you see them and you, these, these calico bass that look like Goliath grouper, I mean, like giant yeah. head stuff swimming around the marine preserve, like basically bumping into you as you're swimming around. <laughs> And the second you go past that invisible line, it's just deep blue. There's nothing like, and then they know the fish have like caught on to the fact that like, they know where that line is and like, they don't mess with all stay in the preserve, even though there's nothing actually in the water to indicate that like where it starts and ends. So uh, that's wild. Yeah. Fish, fish are survivors, man. They're, they're, they're smarter than, than, than indicated. And delicious. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Delicious. Yeah. For the most part. Does it feel any different when you are hunting, spearfishing something and eating it? Like, does it make you feel better than everybody else? I'm I'm more, (laughs) I'm less confident eating something that I took out of the ocean than buying from the grocery store, which it should be the opposite. Yes, it should. Myself and being like, maybe this isn't the species I thought it was. Like, you know, you can pull like urchin out or like, you know, different kinds of crabs and stuff. And um, yeah, I'll break like a crab open. I'll be like, this weird what color like like as though the grocery store checked the inside of the crab but um <laughs> no i haven't gotten to the point where i'm like yeah this is more pure this is better i still second guess myself that i killed the right thing or that, that's crazy because you're you're seeing every part of what's happening yeah, yeah. you're doing it and you're like well, maybe maybe i don't know did i clean my spear from the last fish i had i don't know well yeah so and to the point of killing the right thing one of the the craziest or scariest things that I experienced while spearfishing was it was kind of like murky and uh, there's these things called sheephead that have these red red heads and black bodies and they're pretty like easy to, to distinguish but it was murky and there's one coming by there's one that like is is I think it's coming by and it's about the right size I'm like that's a big sheephead I should but I hesitate for a little while just to make absolutely certain that it's not like a Garibaldi or a protected fish or something like that and as, it, as the murk like starts to clear and it gets closer than me, it's just a baby seal that's got itself tucked in the form. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, dude, that would have been, there's no talking your way out of that, man. Like I can't go out of the water with a oh, baby seal on my food. Yeah. So you gotta like, you have to be like certain what you're shooting, like that that's not a juvenile this, it's a full grown this. Like you got like, you, and so uh, it's, it's, you oh. it's hard to resist because sometimes you like you want to catch something you want to bring something home uh and the hesitation sometimes you will be like ah oh, i should have shot why did i say but for moments like that you're like no i gotta be i gotta i gotta be patient oh my god man yeah. have you ever shot something and because i'm assuming everything you shoot you it's to eat right everything you shoot is to eat yeah so yeah. is there something that you thought like in that case have you ever done that where you shot something you're like oh i probably should have done that no no, not now. Certain. I've had. I was with one guy that thought again. He thought that he'd shot a, a large, whatever uh, sea trout, and it ended up being like a small sheephead. Because everything also has like you can't shoot this unless it's this big. You can't shoot. Oh this yeah, big. yeah. 
and the game warden was waiting waiting on the shore and like and they caught him and uh luckily they're like okay you you're just dumb you didn't know that you did that on, you know you didn't do this on purpose but you can't just shoot things unless you're sure um but no i mean i've seen things that i'm like i wonder if i could like i've seen um murray eel and i'm like can you eat those like do uh, i shoot this thing but like left it alone um but yeah there's the now never never shot anything i wasn't supposed to man that's yeah that's <laughs> You almost shot a baby seal. God dang. Just steered yeah. it right in the dome. I was almost, I was certain it was a sheephead. Yeah. And then one, one other time with seals when I was lobster diving, because lobsters are nocturnal, at least the ones that are out here in San Diego are, they don't have claws like main lobsters. They're, they're just spiny. So their, their protection oh. is all barbs and, and armor, but they don't have any claws. Uh, and they, so they like live kind of in rocks and crevices and, and, um, so you swim down to the bottom, you'll see maybe like a little rock ledge and you kind of like pull yourself under, you look under and they live in like groups, you know? And, uh, so one time you got to do it again at night, it's nocturnal. I go down, I'm like looking under, you got a flashlight on your, attached to your other hand and I'm looking at them and over my shoulder, I feel the shadow, like I, the yeah. thing that just stalled. And this is the same place where the shark was. It was a, a short fin Mako that was scared the hell out of me. Uh, a few weeks before and uh I, I like look behind me and it's it's a full grown seal just <laughs> floating behind me looking at what i'm doing and when i turned and looked at him he just looked at me like hey, hey what's up like <laughs> anything and i it, but like to feel the shadow oh my the, being in the ocean under the ocean in the darkness is already a pretty eerie feeling um but what's uh, up yeah. buddy yeah yeah he's just like he's like, got anything what's up so oh my god all of that, um, all of that sounds terrifying. Like I would, uh, I would eat, I would eat the food that you would catch. But uh, yeah, assuming so no having to hold my breath and concentrate on sh- hopefully shooting the right thing. Uh, yes, it's a sheephead, but it's too tiny. Like it's just so much, so much stuff. I mean, I guess that's why people love that thing. But yeah, I, I, I literally, I said when my buddy told me because my buddy's a great surfer and when he told me like this is the spot where the lobsters are because originally i would go lobster diving off of a jetty like a long stone kind of pier and so you're literally like if, if something was weird you're right against the rocks you can pull yourself out of the water and you can climb uh, out and he's like no the, this is where the lobsters are off this reef where we have to swim like maybe 100 yards off from the shoreline and i'm like i'm never doing that in my life you know so oh. so i had the exact same mentality but like the ocean is a, um, you, to that point about the forest and, and, you know, hunting and if the deer came around, like every time I'm in the ocean for a sustained spirit, period of time, spearfishing, I'll see an animal that I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen this animal yeah. in my life, you know, which if every time you went outside at your house and you, and a new brand new mammal ran up that you didn't know what it was, that would blow your mind, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's addicting to, uh, to be in the ocean and just like see and experience all this new stuff. But, um, it's 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 easy to say like you would never do it but you'd be surprised what what you'll do if you kind of just expose yourself to to the ocean a little by little very little by very little yeah <laughs> um that's uh i i like that i mean same thing with with you as far as like doing a bunch of stuff i like that part of myself too where i'm like i'm gonna try all these things because I, I don't know what's going to happen and it might be fun. I raised, I mean, I raised ducks for a little bit, you know, like, yeah. like just like experiencing all these things. And that's what you try to as parents, like, yes, try all these things, like figure out what's cool. And I don't, as, as your dad, 
I don't care if you do something for three months and you decide like, no, nah, I'm good. Like they got real excited one year we bought them a rock tumbler. And uh, so for that. So are we talking about that? Yeah. So they were excited about it. And then they didn't realize like, all right, we'll put the stones in and we'll, we'll put the powder in and the, we'll put these, this thing in and put some water in and, All right, turn it on. And then we hear it and it's, we're watching it rotate. Now what? Well, directions say we got to wait for a week and then we, <laughs> and then we can come back and look at it. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good on rock tumbling dead. I'm not geologist was never for me. Cross that out. <laughs> yeah, we did, I, it, we did it a few times, but that was about it. I, so as somebody who jumps from hobby to hobby and interest to interest, like the one thing that I have learned is I thought early on and in, in kind of getting into that mentality that like if you get the best stuff, you'll be more likely to embrace the hobby and like mm. do well in it and stuff like that. And I've learned that that is not the way to do it. Get the entry level stuff. And if you dig it, upgrade. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. there's no need to get the best duck. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it might be. But like, yeah, I started out with like a pretty lousy spear gun, like in like, you know, basic equipment. And then, you know, the more I got into that, like I'd, I'd amp it up a bit. So, yeah, that's what we did. That's what I did with uh, pickleball. Like, I just ordered, uh, this is a few years ago. We haven't done anything with them, but I just ordered like, wooden pad wooden wooden paddles with these little cheap balls it was like 40 bucks for a pair we played a few times and that was it but yeah you're right like if i was going to spend 100 bucks a paddle it doesn't it wouldn't change the fact that i'm not pickleballing right now so no or like yeah getting a 1500 guitar <laughs> like maybe it's a little easier to press the strings down and get like the pure sound because it's a nice guitar, but it's not going to make you like a better guitar. you know if you're going to get into it you're going to get into it so. That was one thing I did too. I bought a guitar one time to see if I could. Yeah. It was like a hundred bucks and I got it and I played it for a couple months. And then I'm like, I'm good. I, yeah. I've experienced I, it. I suck at music. <laughs> Never. I, I don't get like musicians are awesome. People that can like learn instruments and learn languages to me are like, you know, freaks. I, yeah. I can't do it. Like, like even when I learned quote unquote to play the bass and I mean, you know, <laughs> I played a ska band where, you know, if Russ Courtney listens still, he knows he was playing Scott at the same time. Like the bass is like a big, it's like walking bass lines. And like, it looked like I knew what I was doing, but I literally was like, okay, so it goes finger on this, you, this string, third fret, then this string, second fret. I didn't know that I was playing CG. I didn't know anything about scales. So the second that I stopped playing music to like start focusing on comedy, I have no idea how to play the bass guitar anymore. Oh, really? And there's videos of me like at 16, just like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like oh yeah. Look at me. And they're like, oh, can you still play? Nope. No, <laughs> not. I couldn't even do a quarter of what I'm doing right there. So wow. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, but I'm also, again, I'm not like you in the sense that I do a lot of things halfway. I, I will, I will, I will happily give up on something if I'm not good at it, get it good at it like immediately. Yeah, hey, I've done that too. And that's just because I'm like a little interested in it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to see what this entails. And then I figure out where I'm like, all right, my little interest isn't enough to, to keep keep me at this you know yeah. if, you know it if it does grow then yes I'll, I'll keep doing it or if it's like comedy i'll do it for four months four years i'll quit for six years and then i'll <laughs> i'll come back to it in a very limited capacity you know uh speaking of music go ahead yeah uh wait what were you gonna say go ahead yeah. what, so what's your mentality with the kids like let's say mateo i know football this would never be the case with mateo because he's gonna be a savant in it but like <laughs> let's say halfway through a season mateo's like i really don't like football man i don't want to play are you like the way i imagine your dad and certainly my dad was where they're like no you're finishing your obligation mm -hmm. and then you can give up or like because i know you want them to experience things you want to try things but like is there a degree that you make them stick with it or where, where do you stand on that 
Yeah, when they were younger, when he was younger, he tried soccer. I think he did it for a couple seasons. And then the last time he tried it, he quit. But he was only like, I don't know, six. So there was no, there was no, nothing to gain from me saying, all right, well, you started it. Now you got to finish it. He's six in this season. You don't really last. quit anything when you're six. You just, no, no. Oh, yeah, you just don't do that anymore. But yeah. yes, if next year he's going to be in seventh grade, if he starts football and says, I don't want to play anymore, I'm going to say, hey, you got to finish the season, man. You, your teammates are counting on you. This is, you got to finish it. And then if you don't want to do it, you don't do it. My, my dad had that same conversation with me three years in a row for football. I'd start it. I cried. Didn't want to go to practice. Didn't want to play. And he'd tell me to finish it out next year. Same thing. It was, I think it was three years in a row where that happened. And, and he most- wouldn't have signed up the next year. You know, he wouldn't have made you sign. He would have just made you no. season. So like, and- there's something you wanted to sign up the next season. And he even said, like, are you sure? Because last year you didn't want to. You didn't want to. Last year play. you cried. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, mostly because. Well, You're I didn't want to. Now, so that that sophomore <laughs> crying was fine, dude. But like, you can't be doing that. It was mostly because my brother played on the older team and I was, I was on like the junior team and he was on the older team. So he played. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play. I want to be like my brother, you know, that's what kept me going. But yeah, there, it was my, like my dad's like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, I want to play. I want to play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was yeah. My dad mentality too. You didn't, if you, you got to finish at least whatever, you know, the yeah. obligation period is. Yeah. 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 Um, I, uh, I want to bring up concerts cause I, I'm going to a, a or I'm, I haven't bought tickets yet, but I'm planning to go to a concert in December and I'm not a huge concert person, but I'm, I keep missing out on these other concerts that are happening. Like yellow card had like 20 years of page Avenue or not page Avenue, 20 years of uh, whatever the hell their yeah. album's called. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they were doing a tour and I've seen all these videos taking back Sunday, even though they sound horrible now because those, those songs weren't made to be sung by this person who this age that he is at now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like all these things. So, uh, the reason I said Page Avenue is because Story of the Year is doing a concert in Cleveland. And I asked Sparks, I text Sparks, I go, you want to go to Story of the Year concert in Cleveland? He goes, yes. So we're going. Uh, Andrea's going. And I didn't know she'd listen to the Story of the Year as much. She's like, I listened to the Story of the Year before they were even Story of the Year. I go, what are you talking about? And she Googled it. There were some other band name. I don't know what they were called. I, it's, right, yeah. uh, but she was she dug it. So so we're going to a concert in January. Or in, uh, in December, which I'm pretty stoked about, but we decided we're not we're we're getting seats and not standing in the general admission because we're old. Um, but have are you uh, or have you? I've never, like I said at the beginning of this long ass question, I've never been a concert person. Have you? Like I know you like music and you talk about going to to shows and stuff. Is that something you guys do? Um, or yeah, have you done? I mean, so so I love socialization. Like I love being around a table of people or a group of people or whatever. But I hate big crowds i don't know why it gives me it's always giving me anxiety um so like i don't love like being packed into a concert if i don't have to and as i get older i, I there's a uh, concert venue here uh called the rady shell in san diego it's right on the ocean the, the, the symphony plays there oh yeah we we almost went there andrew and i yeah yeah oh yeah because you're gonna go see that boy band right yeah oh yeah. down <laughs> yeah so um i went it was great uh, <laughs> So, so the, uh, the thing I love about this, they tell you what time the main act goes on and they tell you what time they have to be done. And I'm like, this is right on my wow. head. I'm like, I go to bed at like nine o'clock. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but as far as like the nostalgia goes, I will definitely like dive in. I just went to go see Jimmy world, but 
as far as those nostalgia band goes, the band that I can go see now that I'm like, I love the stuff that you're coming out with right now is Manchester Orchestra. I would, uh, if, if, if you have the opportunity to go see Manchester Orchestra, the stuff that they're coming out with over the last like five years are some of like my favorite albums ever. Uh, I, I, never, I don't even know. I never heard of them. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they were kind of like in that like brand new Taking Back Sunday circuit. They would tour okay. with those guys, the base out of Atlanta. Um, but like they just went on tour with Jimmy Eat World and I went to go see him at Petco at the Padre Stadium. And again, like seeing Jimmy at World, they're like, we're going to open, we're going to play some new stuff. I was like, you don't got to do that. <laughs> you can play the old shit. Um, but when Manchester Orchestra comes out, I'm like, dude, if you want to play some new stuff, like, like yeah. let, let's hear it. You guys are outstanding. But That's uh, like Andrew, Andrew's like, if we go, I got to listen to the, their music. I go, I don't think they put out too much new stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, I doubt. Yeah, I doubt the story of the year uh, new album is, is going to blow your mind. But um, but so short answer to your question is I like going to concerts if it's easy to get in and out like it's it's nearby and the the hours align with uh, with my schedule yep. and uh and i like to i don't do i i hate when i get to a venue and if i am in a seat and they're like they're tiny little seats and you're in the middle and every time you have to get up to go to the bathroom yeah. like, oh, sorry excuse me sorry like i like i want to be in the general admission section so we just went to see um death cab for cutie at madison square garden oh. for my birthday and my wife got me uh, general admission tickets and we were like right there in the front. And it was like, that was, it was perfect. I was that's looking at it and I was like, no, thanks. This, yeah. Is, this is good. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, uh, I'm excited for it. I, I haven't been to a concert in a, in a while and, you know, obviously going with other people, it will, will be fun too, but, um, we'll Anyone see. Else we'll see. Like any other like old nostalgic bands playing with them or, uh, there was bands, but I did not, I, I don't yeah. know who they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh i'm not a huge like i like the music we listened to in high school and i haven't really strayed from that that too much like yeah like my my favorite my favorite album uh until eternity is tell all your friends and that will no one will ever not top that for me yeah, that that I remember that was like because uh, my first couple of years of high school. And I think the reason that you didn't see much of me until junior, senior year of high school, like I was hanging out with like the punk rockers uh, type guys. And again, seeing that Russ Courtney listens to this one, I think he'll resonate with this. Like there was a lot of gatekeeping in punk rock, you know, like, like you're not listening to a punk enough thing or this is too mm. like it's too pop punk. It's too newfound glory. MXPX Blink-182. And I thought that uh, Taking Back Sunday when they came around and like some of those other brands like Thursday and stuff, they were like marrying that pop punk sound with like the angrier, you know, screaming of actual punk. And it was like, okay, cool. Not only does this validate that I'm listening to like aggressive enough stuff to be like accepted uh, in, in the punk circuit, but it was like, it was just like, it was exactly what I needed in junior year of high school. And so I'm with you. I still will pop that album in and if someone that I'm with has never heard it before, they'd be like, what the fuck are you listening to? But like, so I don't yeah, know if yeah. it's like the nostalgia blast that's, that's making me love it. Or if I really do still like it, but um, I can still pop in those albums. You know? Well, that, that's, um, that, you know, the, what the hell are you listening to? Remind It's the same thing with like dashboard. So like you listen to dashboard and you're like, <laughs> are you depressed? <laughs> Dude. How did that? And so speaking, so yeah, that contradicts everything I just said too, because I also fell to love like Dashboard. But I think it was because that Chris Caraba guy came from, you know, Further Seems Forever and Stretch Armstrong and like a lot of other like rougher punk. Yeah. 
yeah. kind of like, you know, validated, like, no, it's okay to listen to this solo artist, but um, that is definitely an album that when I put on now, I, I can't help but like kind of grin a little bit and be like, okay, this is a little, this, this is a little, this is a little much, this is a little uh, high school drama emo, but, um, but yeah, but, man, there's a place in my heart for it, for sure. But I'll freaking scream every lyric yeah. Yeah. to all that shit. Yeah. Um, someone, someone, uh, on TikTok said that the most, the, he's like an emo guy and does other music stuff. And, uh, he's actually a member, uh, Andy, who used to do the, who started the podcast with me. Yeah. It's a, it's a friend of his on TikTok. Who's pretty popular on TikTok. And, uh, but he, he said the most, what is the most emo line? Someone asked him that. And as soon as he finished that sentence, I knew exactly the line he was going to say. Can I guess? And yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Is it, is it taking back Sunday? It is taking back Sunday. Is it the truth is you could slip my throat with my <laughs> last dying breath. I'd apologize for bleeding on your shoes. And your shirt. On your shirt. Yes. Is that it? Yes, it is. And oh. I knew exactly. Oh, wow. I knew exactly when it was yeah. when I started. But I was wow. Like, yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah. 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 It is. I, I, I want to write a bit uh to that song because like I like I want Jake to play it. And then like in my head, I had a bit of like, this is the music I listened to when I was sitting in my parents' $250,000 house as, <laughs> as, and not having a care in the world, uh, seemingly not having a care in the world, but I think this is how I should feel. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have my own bedroom. Well, and it, you know, from working with teenagers for, you know, 13, 14 years, it's like, there's a part of you that like, when I was working with middle school kids, you try to communicate it. And you try to be like, look, I know this stuff seems like it matters. And I know like the emotions you're feeling right now seem like the end of the world, but you are going to laugh. Like you, you 100% oh. are going to laugh. But I think like towards the end of high school, it is still in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But like, there is some validation in some of those, those feelings like that you're starting to like sure. come online and you're starting to be like, what the hell, you know, who am I? What am I doing? Like, you, you know, and, and so to like kind of watch teenagers come into that moment, I think like, it's all right. To, to be that age and to sit around basement and be like this kind of sucks or, or like i'm really like i'm sad. i'm really confused yeah. right now or like i'm like it's it's like yeah man it's it's it, it gets tough it gets hard you know so it's like yeah, i don't think where you grew up or how expensive the house is or like how solid your family was like invalidates some of the feelings that you feel at that point in your life because it was weird to watch it from the outside and watch kids go through that and be like yeah man it's it's not easy to be 17 18 sometimes yeah and that goes back to thinking about the future like like as you're as you're you know when you're that age your parents are telling you those kind of things and you're like whatever whatever then, you know and then you get older you're like son of a bitch already like you know yeah what we're 39 and i work with with uh people that are you know in their mid to late 20s and i think that like i'm like oh we're peers you know until they tell me <laughs> they are or whatever and I, already i find myself telling them like they're like yeah i'm thinking about doing x and y i'm like do it you can do anything you want you got your whole life ahead of you like giving like this man <laughs> on a park bench advice to a to a 28 year old but uh yeah man it's 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 it does start to resonate the more that the advice you were giving you're like okay now i get what they were saying so my dad used to always say uh when i leave the house instead of saying like don't do anything i wouldn't do or stay out of trouble or whatever he would go hey once you do something you can't take it back then no. and he would just leave me with that and Shit. i was damn dad but and at the time i was like okay okay i know that uh but like looking back on like what he was saying it's like yeah man there's some some decisions you make that like 
whatever that that, that is you got to live with that decision now and, and, and that resonates and I found myself repeating that as I got older so yeah yeah we do repeat our our parents where parents are the the most hypocritical people in the entire universe <laughs> Yeah, uh, your parents are great though man like they they like i i always loved talking to them and, I, and they do they are prophetic like yeah. the way that your parents speak both of them in totally different ways but like yeah uh, yeah yeah i'm just saying like like i can't wait like you know when mateo's is 16 and 17 or whatever and he has a beer i'm like you know i gotta do something here but i did the same thing you know like yeah. you but you yeah. have to because you're a parent yeah. you know yeah yeah <coughs> man um well, it's been an hour. Uh, it's usually what these are. Uh, I feel I like every keep... time someone comes on, they go, they go, man, it's been an hour, and now, now I feel like we haven't even talked about anything yet. That's wild. That's it's uh, it's fun, man, and it's easy to talk to you. And I had a uh, there's my maintenance guy at work always asked me, hey, who's on the show this week? You know, and I told him, oh my my friends, I was like, well, actually, I'm recording uh, my 200th episode, but it's not coming out for a couple weeks still. Um, and you know, it's with my friend. You know, we've been friends for a long time, and you know, and I, I I told him what you texted me. I was like, man, you've had all these different people, Olympians and musicians, all this stuff. And what am I going to talk about? I sell software. I was like, yeah, but we're not even going to talk about that. He's like, well, what does he do? And, and so I was talking about all this stuff and not, nothing, nothing we talked about is what I told him. And it just like, so there's like, like I told how you were a teacher and you, you know, you moved to San Diego. Obviously we talked a little bit about San Diego, but we talked about nothing about teaching. You were in Brazil for a while. Like we didn't even talk about that. Like all these things. I was like, he has things. And that's the point of this podcast. And, you know, everyone, everyone, um, I've said the same thing. Like there's a lot of people have a lot of stuff to talk about. They just haven't been asked the right questions all the time, you know, and, and they get excited. People get excited to talk about themselves. Just to, everybody loves it to some degree. I'm not saying everyone's like, yes, please talk about me, ask me questions, but to some degree, and even you, like at the beginning of this, there has been people ask me questions back. Um, but I don't think anyone has I think there's been maybe one or two that asked me like, well, what are you into right now? You know? So that, that part caught me off guard a little bit because I'm not, I'm just not used to that. I'm used to like, just like bringing this conversation, leading this conversation, asking questions, all that kind of stuff, which is what this podcast is. Yeah. I'm just trying to steer it into more conversation type stuff, which is what this episode was. Yeah. The, the worst podcast hosts, in my opinion, it's Bert Kreischer. Script. Yeah. Or Kreischer, man. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I I'd like to use the last few minutes of this to talk about how Bert Kreischer is the worst comedian in the spot <laughs> right now. Who who's actually? I know we we already said we're wrapping up, but no, I, we can. I don't care. Who, I just who, don't. Who, want, I just want to be mindful of your time. Who's your number one? Who's your who's who who who? <coughs> whether whether they've come out with something great recently, if somebody as someone who loves stand up comedy, um, who is your your number one because it's easy to say this comedian sucks but but who, yeah. which comedian do you think is less just like the number number one i haven't i haven't listened to straight comedy in a while like i haven't even watched tom segura's latest special yeah. um but when i see clips on um tiktok it's right now shane gillis is hilarious and the, and the clips and stuff that he has out it's i it cracks me up he does a really good donald trump impersonation which also makes me laugh yeah. just cause, just because it sounds so good uh, he has this bit about uh, Down syndrome. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. I have seen that. Yeah, Dude. yeah, yeah. I've seen it probably twenty times because whenever it pops up on TikTok, I still watch it. Uh, I like him. Um, a lot of people don't like Matt Reif, but I like him because I could never do crowd work, and he's so good at it. And the the one thing I don't know about him is what 
what are, are his bits like because i've only seen him do crowd work on tiktok like i haven't been to like does he do bits or is it just like hey how you doing and start doing stuff about like i don't know i've never seen an actual bit from him yeah. so well and it's gonna be easy to hate matt rife because i think like even at dane cook's prime you'll you'll hear a lot of comedians say in podcasts and stuff like I didn't like him not only because he was on this trajectory of rocket ship of success back in the early 2000s, but also because like comedy was not, this is supposed to be for the ugly weirdo guy, you know, like this yeah. is for you, you know, like, like funny is for, this is the thing that sets me apart. You're already attractive, you know, like you don't get <laughs> funny guy. So I think like, yeah, Matt Wright was going to draw criticism, but I haven't gotten really into his sets. Um, and Shane Gillis, I mean, I, I seem bits here and there initially I was like I, I knew that he surrounded himself with comedians that I liked and I was like I almost felt like they just brought this guy around to like make fun of him but then oh. when I started watching him on stage I was just like oh no this guy's this guy holds his own he knows, he knows what's up but, a lot of people a lot of comedians I, I know of through their podcasts like Andrew Santino I, I really like his podcast bad friends with Bobby Bobby yeah. Lee um and then they bring on too like like just yeah. shockingly good actor yeah yeah I, I like him um but it, it's that's where I get most of most of the the comic comic stuff from. I haven't, like I said, I haven't listened to a lot of straight comedy from anybody. Um, one one Shane Gillis thing that he was on a podcast that reminded me. Um, I don't remember who the it was a black comic, and I don't remember his name, but he was like, yeah. And someone asked him like, do you have live laugh love live laugh love all over your house? He's like, no, I got I got black people shit all over my apartment. And and they're talking whatever, and Shane Gillis goes, "What's what black people shit do you have? Other people's things?" <laughs> and I, nope, nope. You don't get to you don't get to say something like that to a white guy and record it and see his reaction. I'm not, doing <laughs> nope, nope, not playing. Nice try, not canceling me. I got Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis kiss. was the white guy that said it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. He's, but that's the other like that's one thing you've learned. I mean, and Dave Chappelle would not be an example of a white guy doing this, but I think yeah. like certain comedians have been like, you you can't like uh Jesselnick, uh Louis, Bill Burr, Louis may be an exception, Bill Burr, but but like being like, I don't care, like outwardly, yeah. I don't care. Like the more you backpedal, the more that you fear um backlash, the more that it's gonna come on. But I think being like outwardly like, I don't care what you think, screw you, like that the way that like Chappelle has done, yeah. I think can make you invincible to the repercussions. So I am not, uh, I'm not Shane Gillis. I'm just a dad that bring mantids and sells software. That was uh, so eye-opening to me. And I'm glad, glad you said that because I try to make notes for the show notes. Um, and that was one I missed, but that, that was crazy to me, praying mantis. Um, I do, I do, before we're going to wrap up here, but I, there is something I am on that vein, not necessarily like too terrible. It's not terrible. But there's something, another bit I'm working on that uh, I want to talk to you about uh, after after the podcast, just to get your opinion on 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 it or how I should uh, phrase this certain thing. So, um, I, I, I'll tell you this as we're wrapping up, and maybe this is a premise that you can take. But I was trying to work on a joke recently about you know, when in this culture where you can not only like you say something wrong now, but did you say something wrong ten years ago? Mm. It's going to come back and bite you. And I was like, I was thinking about a time I was like, well, I said something racist while I was watching basketball and just setting it up like that. Uh, like, what, what would you do? And this is a true story. I, I, I think basketball is also boring. I'm an NFL guy. <laughs> and, um, I bet on a final four game that was tied with a couple seconds left. 
and the team that I bet on is passing in from out of bounds and they go, they're like looking for someone open and they passed it to the only white guy. And as they do, I went, fuck. It's <laughs> like, there was, I just said, I said something racist as I was watching basketball. So it's, yeah, it's uh yeah. Run, run with it. Like son of a, I didn't no, mean it. And they, and they, yeah. And he tried to pass it back to the same guy and it went out of bounds. Like, that's why, that's why, that's why I said that. But, uh, you, but did yeah. you feel validated? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, these terrible. But all right, man. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on for my two hundredth episode and I appreciate your your friendship. Um uh, you know, we we do keep in touch quite a bit. And uh you are you're a very good friend and, and uh, again I appreciate you wanting to me to officiate your wedding because that was um I don't know any other way I would be going to San Diego for a little bit and get to see you guys and everything and got to meet your daughter. So that was cool. So she, she, I held her for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. She was very intrigued by my beard. Like, just, Oh yeah, man. She loves pulling beards for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Cause she's probably like, Oh, my dad can't do this. Cause he's got the face of an 11 year old. <laughs> so, so thank you. And I did, I did facial hair, the wrinkles, the sunken eyes, the, the, uh, the gray hair, the gray hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, you know, you know, I respect you, love you, man. So thanks for thanks for letting me be a uh, be a part of this one. Yeah, man. Uh, all right, uh, again, everybody, uh, comedy show coming up November twenty second. Uh, it'll be on Facebook page at Levi and Lilac. Uh, looking forward to that. So hopefully, you all will be out there, and hopefully, we can sell this thing out. George, again, uh, thanks uh, for coming on the podcast. Happy to be here, man. Thanks again to my guest, George Smith for being on the 200th episode of the Nerdball Podcast. Again, couldn't ask for a better guest. That conversation we had was awesome. A lot of things I didn't know. Raising praying mantises. That was wild to me. I could have talked about that for the whole episode. Uh, and a, lot, a lot of stuff I knew you know, about him, spearfishing and stuff, but it was cool to get more insight. Uh, a lot of times we're texting about this stuff, so it was fun just to sit and listen uh, as he talked about his stories about spearfishing, almost hitting a baby sea lion in the head. Um, but, you know, thanks thanks for him for coming on. Thanks for him for being a listener of this podcast and three different dads. Uh, it, was a, it was a great episode. Uh, thanks to all of you for downloading, sharing, subscribing, liking these uh, episodes, commenting. You know, send an email to the nerdballpodcast at gmail.com. Always uh, looking forward to that. And uh, reach out for any, if you have any guests or have any ideas for guests on the, on the podcast. 200. Um pretty sweet and i was looking forward to this and now it's here and now we are on our way to 300 so um again thank you all and uh, as always thanks to real jp multimedia cuttlefish graphics real j i said that already <laughs> perrysburg junior high stem lab and big daddy graphics for always coming on the podcast thanks for listening we'll see you next time 200